Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? If you have answered yes, you are not alone. We all have the primary fear that we are not enough. On today's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, I have the pleasure of talking to Michelle Richmond, a master coaching practitioner, ardent feminist, a proud mum to a daughter and a breast cancer survivor. Coach to coach, woman to woman, we talk about tips to become more empowered in your life. To connect with Michelle or me, just go to the episode notes. Let's open the door on today's episode and explore ways to go from victimhood to empowerment. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello, Michelle, and a very warm welcome to this episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. Thank you so much for coming on as a guest today. Now, I just wanted to ask you first, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, particularly, I suppose, when you were growing up? Let us give us some insight into Michelle and and the backstory of what's brought you to this point in your life. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm the eldest of uh, four girls and I grew up in a female-led home. So my mum was a single mum. And uh, she and my dad got divorced while we were little. And my dad and my uh, mum didn't really have a very amicable relationship. So I was a witness to the majority of all the, the toxic stuff that was happening around us. But... Um, but I could, from my mum, because my mum was a single woman, I could see the strength that she had in her. And, you know, it's only later in life that I got to realise just how strong she was because she managed a household, had a job, and managed four children, managed to send us to school, give us the best that she could. And... And uh, so that actually played an important role in my life, that I wanted to be somebody that wasn't dependent on anyone. I also wanted to be as independent as I could possibly be and uh, always uh, focused on empowerment. How can I make myself more independent? How can I, you know, achieve the things I want to achieve and so I started focusing on that path of how do I navigate the, my best life? And that journey has brought me from, you know, from a small town in uh, Zambia, Livingston, where I was born. And uh, I've lived, then I moved to another country, South Africa. And then now I'm here in Australia working as a, as a coach, as a behavioral strategist. Now, I know a little bit about you, Michelle, <laughs> and um, I think, you know, there's some really um, pivotal points in your life that have brought you to this point of becoming a coach. Now, can you just share about some of those, you know, significant moments in your life that brought you to this I mean is it something that you dreamed about doing when you grew up is that you know an ambition that you had as a child or was there something else that brought you to this point of having this desire to help others in the coaching sphere Okay. Yeah. I mean, coaching wasn't something that I even consciously knew of, you know, growing up. And um, it's uh, an area that I 
had no clue even existed actually until I came to Australia and I was like, people actually have a career as coaches. And I was like, what is this? And then got to realize it was, you know, more of, um, because I kind of always played that role as the oldest sister in my family. You know, I was the one they always came to, to ask questions. What do they think? And being the eldest, I was the one who was always trying to find my way and figure out things. So in a way, I've always kind of played that role to my family and uh, some, some friends. And then when I came to Australia, I realized that I could actually do a lot more in this role professionally with, with my professional background of, you know, IT and project management. I could actually add more value. And my area of interest is particularly around women uh, and empowerment and dealing with the things that hold us back, you know, from being the best version of, of ourselves. So, yeah, I never dreamt of being a coach. I just thought I was just going to be a computer IT person all my career. And that changed along the way. So was was there um, something that happened in your life that was like a wake-up call for you to transition into doing what you're doing now? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't consciously aware that I wasn't living my best life up until I had a cancer diagnosis. And um, my daughter was five at the time. Wow. And uh, when I got this diagnosis, I was like, oh, my gosh, this could be it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I just feel like I've start, I'm just starting out. And I was like, goodness me. So if this is the end, wow, I've got so much more I wanted to do. And I always thought I had the time to do what I wanted to do. So that was my wake-up call saying you don't have endless and buckets loads of time. If Mm -hmm. there's something you want to do, you have to do it now. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I made a promise to myself that if I survived the diagnosis, the whole process, I was going to become a a coach and a behavioural strategist to help women and to help them be empowered. And I thought if that's what that's what I want to do for the rest of my life, to to help my daughter learn to be her, the best version of herself as early as possible for her. So I thought I'd dedicate my time and create a business all around female empowerment. Mm. And yeah, that's what I've that's what I've started doing. And I'm loving every moment of it, even though it's scary and <laughs> it's challenging at times. But yep, I'm up for it. Yeah, fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, there's always that why that goes, you know, behind what's driving us to make a choice, a conscious choice in our life to do something. And that's why I asked that question because I felt it was really important to understand your why. And um, thank you so much for sharing that because it really highlights the importance of time and how important it is to understand that time is finite and when we feel as though we are stuck in a rut in our lives, that it's really important to understand that it's you need to start looking at what you can do and work with that. And I imagine that that's what you did with your diagnosis is that you put your focus into what you needed to do to get better so that you would have an opportunity to do something that you felt was truly you know meaningful with yeah with your life so yeah it's amazing um amazing what uh prompts us to make these choices in our lives and I think one thing is that we are 
in a way we're all teachers and uh, and it's just making that choice that yes I really want to help other people with their struggles so that they can break through those struggles and they can free themselves up to live that life that they really want to be living and and break through from being held back by those things that are keeping their lives sort of in the shadows I suppose of you know what what they really would like their life to look like and um you and I were having a little bit of a chat before we started this interview and just talking about the audience of this podcast being women who are impacted by different forms of domestic abuse and violence and mm-hmm. um, and how they're robbed of their right to make choices in their lives because somebody else is exerting power and control over them. Um, and we had a little chat about how complex it can be to take steps to empower yourself when you're in that situation because it can be like one step forward, two steps back because as soon as you do something to empower yourself, then the perpetrator of the abuse will do something to take that power away from you again and what a frustrating place that is to exist in but how important it is to still learn all you can about what you can do to empower yourself and to know that with you being the best judge of what is going on in your life and what works and what doesn't work to take steps to empower yourself in ways that will enable you to free yourself from that toxic person who is exerting power and control over you. So having said that, Michelle, I would love it if you could share some of what you know about ways in which to become empowered in your life as a woman? Yeah. Firstly, I would say that, um, you know, everybody has their opinion on how they see the world. So, like, if somebody comes comes to me and says, oh, I don't think you're very good at this, so, you know, I always look at it as it's, it's an opinion, yeah, you know, and it might be valid, but I always look for evidence, and I'll be, and I always think, okay, yeah, maybe I'm not. So I ne- don't necessarily think that um, it's true. You know, I'll be like, hmm, is it true? So my thoughts are always my own. So somebody can give me an opinion, but I would look for evidence. I'll be like, how do you know I'm not so good at that? What is your evidence, you know, but I can think it. So my thoughts will always be my own. So somebody could say whatever it is they like. And um, I feel like I've got the choice to think my thoughts and keep it to myself. So that's always the first tool of empowerment. You know, it's no one can take over my thoughts. My thoughts are my own. I think that is really a fantastic place to start. And and, um, and it's also when you're talking about that, it made me think of how we can also be our own worst enemies with yeah. our, our thoughts, with negative self-talk. Uh, yeah. One of the, the challenges, I suppose, that women who are in that domestic violence situation they've been labeled with lots of really negative things that will really be impacting their self-esteem and their self-confidence um so that point that you made was beautiful where 
you have said to have an inquiring approach about things so even when it comes to your own negative self-talk is to perhaps get a bit curious with that and say well is that actually true are these these statements that I'm making about myself are they actually true True. or what are they founded on where's you know are they based on the way I'm feeling or is it actually based on a fact that I am like this and more often than not it's going to be based on a feeling and we're very understanding how driven we are by emotions yeah um is really really good to be able to take that into consideration in those moments where perhaps you've got that negative self-talk and um, you know that that emotion is driving you in that moment and that that is not necessarily the fact. So that can help you to sort of step back a little bit and actually say, well, I might be feeling that way yeah. but I choose to act differently, differently. Yeah. to the way that I'm feeling and that's really the key to being able to beat those voices of negativity that want to hold you back, back. and, and want to pull you into that black void of depression yeah. and, right. yeah, and negativity. So, um, yeah, brilliant point and so thank you I think that's that's like such a key one to start with Michelle what else yeah and the other thing is it's like with labels as well you know when uh, you know even as children when children are growing up you know sometimes people say oh this one is lazy that one's late or whatever it's also being curious and thinking "Uh, is that you know really true because for you to embody that, you have to accept that label. But what would happen if you didn't accept that label and just say, mm, okay, don't accept it? Yeah. So it's, and it's something you don't have to say or do, but just don't accept it. And because the only power I feel any human has is a power of choice. So you can choose in that moment, well, you call me that now, I don't accept it. And go about doing whatever it is you need to do, you know, to find out other ways of removing yourself from the situation. Because I know all that, all that is, as you mentioned, is complex. But those are tiny internal things that no one will see, no one will know. But you can do that because you have that power. Mm-hmm. You've got the power of choice. And it's the only power you actually need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's very good. And um, and again, you know, when we were talking about yeah, victims, how they have their choices taken away from them to talk about this choice which is actually a choice that is still in their control and putting your energy and focus into something that you can control is so empowering and it all begins with your mind and your mindset so yeah that's yeah fantastic I think we've um we're really opening up some pearls of wisdom here Michelle yeah yeah great so what else would you suggest I would also uh you know because I know you know like uh when you're in a situation where you're you're a victim, you know, and somebody's always trying to control that the first thing they try to do is isolate you from people that would, you know, would would rather will bring you out of your shell, make you feel good about yourself. Is to always try to be in in situations where you can volunteer or something in situations that are not obviously social. You would say, I'm going to help somebody else. And helping somebody else also takes you out of that your own situation, and you you get to see some you know socialize 
in a way, but it it makes you be connected with other people. So it's small, subtle ways of being connected to other people through saying I'm working, you know, for or I'm volunteering an hour or two there. You have to keep connection with other people. And other people who are also less fortunate than yourself because you get to see that your situation is difficult, yeah. But there's always somebody else with a more difficult and more complex situation out there. Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, compassion is something that is found in connection and um, we really need to get ourselves out of, outside of our own um, circumstances that might be making us miserable to see that there is this perspective that, you know, what we're suffering and what we're going through uh, may be so much less than what somebody else is contending with and understanding that it's part of being human, you know, mm -hmm. it's part of the human experience to go through ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And um, and when we see that we're not alone in suffering, we can be kinder to ourselves as well Absolutely. and just give ourselves a, a bit of a break and say, well, you know, this, this is not, this does not equal me being a failure Yep. because I'm going through tough times right now because I'm struggling in one area or another area. Um, but withdrawing from life um, even more, which is very understandable because when you've been hurt, you yeah. want to withdraw because it feels safer to do that because you don't want to risk being hurt more than what you already have been. But as you said, getting out and doing something, whether it be volunteering or being part of finding community somewhere mm -hmm. yeah. um, where you are part of an activity where, where you're with other people and you're making connections. So, even is, for instance, if you if your partner has um, issues with drugs and alcohol, and if you become involved in a an Al-Anon group where it's a family support group, and you're connecting with other people who are going through similar stuff to what you're going through, then suddenly you feel less alone in what you're going through, and um, you feel you might actually find some, some solutions to some of your problems in that environment too because when you connect with other people and you start having conversations with people, suddenly they might say something and it, a light bulb goes off in your head and it's like, wow, that's exactly what I need to do. That's, That's right. exactly what I need to put into action. And that is the thing that could help me with what I'm going through right now. So not that you go out there with that motivation to find solutions to your problems. You just yeah. find you your motivation is making connections. Connections. Yeah. 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 And That's yeah, amazing. and and it's it, there's just so many rewards that come from venturing outside of your own four walls so thank you Michelle another beautiful piece of advice <laughs> thank you yeah anytime yeah and the other thing I also wanted to mention was the you know the emotion that fear you know yeah. fear is a normal emotion you know just like happiness you know anger uh, you know sadness it's it's a normal emotion so we should treat it just like that, not put too much emphasis on, oh, because I'm afraid, I'm not going to try. It's a normal, just as easily as you can laugh or we can have a laugh right now. Fear can come in, but it can also leave you immediately. So just stay with it for that moment. Feel the fear, but still do what you need to do. Yeah. You know, it's all fleeting. Happiness, sadness. The emotions, they're all fleeting emotions. Mm -hmm. So 
if we treat it like that and look at it like that, I feel, you know what, you feel frozen in that moment, but you know, it'll pass. Yeah, I think what you're referring to when you're talking about fear, Michelle, is perceived fear. Exactly. Yeah, so there's there's real fear and there's perceived fear. And there's perceived, fear. that's yeah. correct. And, um, I'm you glad know, you mentioned obviously, that. Obviously, yeah. you know, when you've got real fears because there are risks to your safety, and that's exactly that's right. why we've got the fight, flight, response built into us is to help protect us physically from being harmed so it's there you know it's there for a good reason so um yeah so I just wanted to mention that because it's really helpful to be able to distinguish between real and but also you know, understanding that perceived fear can feel just as real as, as yeah. real fear. That's so, right. So, um, and that perceived fear can keep you paralyzed, you know, as much as what real fear can and it can hold you back as much as real fear can. And when you, you know, you think about regrets in life regrets can often be around those perceived fears that as we've gone further along in our travel further along in life and we reflect back and we look at our perceived fears that we we let them hold us back that you know from doing something that we wish that we would have done so for for me an example of that would be um would be probably my love of singing Mm -hmm. so um so I've always loved singing as a child I loved singing and um not that I ever wanted to be a rock star but (laughs) I wanted to be able to stand up in front of people and share my voice and sing and Mm -hmm. Um, and there was something that happened in my early 20s where somebody made a disparaging remark about my singing mm. and that shut my voice down for mm. years. The kids still heard me sing, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I am get away with being a mum and using, you know, punny things in my humour with my children because that's what gets me through. Yeah. And and one of the things that I would do that would really, you know, they they loved and they hated about me is that I would sing a phrase from a song whenever something, a situation was happening in our lives because for me it was always so relatable to a, a particular song. and. Um, and I still did that shower singing. And so I, I was still using my voice, but I wasn't allowing myself to use my voice in public, So, which is a big thing. And one of the biggest fears that people have in life when they've, you know, done studies is for of public speaking. So being, yeah. being in the public eye, using your voice publicly. And, um, and so I kept myself small in that area I didn't allow myself to try because I didn't want to open myself up to being criticized and feeling hurt by that criticism so it wasn't until um until recently that I actually started using my voice publicly and I allowed myself the thing that I allowed myself to do which has basically been a key for much of getting me past my perceived fears is Mm -hmm. I have given myself 100% permission to make mistakes and to not be perfect. And yeah. And so that's been, that's been liberating for me. And I'll tell you, there's been many times over the course of the last couple of years where I've been singing publicly where um, I've particularly probably in that first year where I've thought 
oh, I'm just going to stop. Uh, why, what the heck am I doing this for? You know, like it's absolutely excruciating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just getting up oh, here gosh. and singing and I just would walk off and I'd feel like I'd be cringing and I'd think, that's it, never again. And <laughs> I just kept pushing myself gently through that really uncomfortable period to the point where I'm much more comfortable now and um, and I don't hold myself back from, from it at all and I don't tell myself, no, that's it, I'm never doing that again. But I tell you, Michelle, there's... A, that's been a, a common thread throughout my life. And the reason I share that now, that vulnerability, is because I think it's a common thread for many of us that yeah. we will hold back ourselves back because um, that excruciating part, well, that yeah. time that's really uncomfortable where you haven't honed things yet, yeah. You haven't become an expert yet, but mm. you, you you need to go through that messy, mucky time Absolutely. of not getting things perfect to allow yourself to become masterful at anything that you do. So um, fear is there. And I tell you, the first time that I got up and I performed in public, um, I grabbed the microphone, which was a really silly thing to do because my nerves were so bad, Michelle, that the microphone was just shaking in my hand. My <laughs> knees were knocking together. And, you know, it was quite visible that I was very, very nervous. Yeah. Um, but I got through. I got, I got through those, those two songs that I sang. And gradually over time, you know, the nerves have gotten less and less but there's times where they'll still come in and oh, I'll yeah. think hang on I thought I was really comfortable with this now so why why am I feeling the fear again mm. but yeah. it is something that rises up in us and we don't yeah. always understand why but it's important, important. to keep moving through that fear and doing that thing anyway yeah. and remembering oh I've got to breathe now I've just yes, got to remember exactly. to breathe my way through this <laughs> and get through exactly. it so yeah. um but if you are in a situation where you are dealing with real fear yeah. then yeah. it's important to get the help and support help. that you exactly. need to be able to navigate a path to safety because your safety mm -hmm. is the most important thing important. to consider all of the time. So please, if you are in a situation mm -hmm. where you are dealing with real fears, with real risks to your safety, please seek support. And the best, you know, like there are a few key ways that you can do that. One is to um, seek help from the police. Another is to get in contact with a domestic violence support service. Um, count, there is online free counselling available where you can call numbers to get 24-hour support. I have a crisis support list in the episode notes, so please feel free to access that list. If you are outside of Australia, which many of you are, please just do a search um, in Google for domestic violence support agency free counselling and see what pops up for you. Use a device that's safe for you. Again, if you are being stalked by your partner, then either see if you can use a friend or a family member's device to do your searches or um, you can also go into a library where you can do those searches and have peace of mind that you are not putting yourself at added risk by doing those searches on your own devices. So back to our conversation, Michelle, and so we've talked about fear, which is a massive, massive topic mm, that's to, a big one. to talk about. Is there anything else that you would like to share 
in terms of your points for ways in which women can empower themselves? Yeah, and another point would be for women to adopt a personal philosophy, you know, or have a have a mantra for different situations, you know, like uh, I have one, I always, you know, whatever I do, because I'm driven by not having any regrets, I'll be like, whatever decisions I make, I'll be like, no regrets, you know, if I make a decision, I stand by it, whether it was right or wrong at the time, but, you know, I own up to it, but that's the decision, no regrets, you know, it's, it's one of my personal mantras but there's I have so many like for different situations if something um like let's say I try to back myself up and something didn't work I'll be like you know what it didn't work yep I'll pick dust off pick up the pieces and we'll try again you know so I have these personal mantras that I say to myself constantly different situations so you always have to pick something that's going to support you internally and you know instead of those that beat you up because you know people have told you before that you are this you are that but have your own little mantras that will help pick you up that will help support you along your way because life is not always about roses and success there's lots of failures You know, you nobody, you know, you get rejected for a job or you lose a client or name it. Life is, you know, it's not all roses. But having those little mantras to help you, support you, and I think I, it's, it's gold because we all go through bad times and we might not always have somebody out there to say, oh, don't worry, Michelle, you, you'll be okay tomorrow. But you have to learn to pick yourself up by having those little mantras that you say to yourself over and over. If somebody tells you you're worthless, you'd be like, I don't necessarily believe that or whatever your situation will be, create your own, your own personal mantras that support you through your day-to-day. Yeah, really great advice. Um, I was just, you know, thinking about... Uh, an example where uh, I, I told you I was just away on holidays with my children and there were lots of like funny mistakes that we made on the holiday with um, uh, my, one of my children. He, uh, uh, you had to tap on and tap off with a credit card when, yeah. when using public transport and um, and one of my children, he had, he was holding the, sh- the shopping bag and he uh, he was the last to get off the bus and he was looking around all confused and he got off and he said, I, I couldn't find my credit card to, to tap off. And, um, and so I was, there was this moment of panic about whether we stop the bus and get back on or he said, no, that's all right. It's all right. I'll just put a stop on my card and, um, and freeze it. And, and if we don't find it, then that's fine. Um, I'll cancel it. So he had a really proactive, you know, attitude and decision-making to that um, situation. And we get back to the apartment and anyway, unpack the shopping bag Mm -hmm. and lo and behold, the card is in there. So, you know, that was, you know, that was a great outcome for for that situation. But then there was um, one of my other children he had his he'd been obsessing absolutely obsessing about getting um nike uh i don't even know i can't even remember i should know what they what type of runner but they're kind of like the basketball i think they're like the air jordans or something like that and they're okay. like they're ridiculously expensive <laughs> so now my children if they want to buy something like that that does not come out of my pocket that is something that they have to save for themselves yeah Yeah. something that they want and so we went to this place called the secret sneaker shop and the secret sneaker shop um 
they were, I think they were about yeah, $450, wow. as I said. <laughs> and so he got a bit smart and savvy and he looked online to see if he could find these runners cheaper online, which he did. He, he tried on the runners at the sneak, secret sneaker shop and um, found his size. So yeah. that was a really smart thing to do because buying shoes online is... Oh, yeah, gosh. <laughs> you, you need to know your size. Exactly. So he'd done his research, he knew what size he was, and then he went bang, bang, bang to order and he forgot to change the size and he ordered a size that's half a size too big. So, and it was charged and there's no there's no refund with these this site that he's on. So yeah. if he, he will have to resell it. So I said to him... I said, it's not the end of the world. And when you're talking about mantras, that's that's a mantra that I use yep. a yep. lot. It's not the end of, end the, of world. the world. Mm -hmm. We will find a solution to exactly. this problem. So we okay. just have to work through it. Exactly. And because he felt like it was the end of the world when he'd made that mistake. He was kicking yeah. himself. He was like, how could I be so stupid? You know, I should have, you know, like not been so quick to hit the buy button. Yeah. And, um, and it was just really important for me to help him at that moment to not go do a nosedive down and into, you know, feeling completely depressed and hopeless and unable to do anything about what had just happened yeah. to bring him to a place of understanding that it wasn't an insurmountable problem. It wasn't yeah. like the world was going to end and exactly. he didn't have any options and let's just work through it together. So um which we did but it, you know and he did and he you know he's good because he's a, a lateral thinker so he was able to come up with quite a few different scenarios of what he could possibly do which Fantastic. was really good but I do think that it is really powerful having those little personal mantras and if you can't think of a mantra for yourself that the reason I brought that story up about my son and that mantra that I gave him is because I'll often find mantras for myself mm -hmm. by sharing them with others yeah. so and then I'm like oh yeah right that's the <laughs> mantra that I need for right now because now, yeah I'm feeling like it's the end of the world I'm feeling like I've yeah. got no options. I'm feeling like this That's is right. desperate times when, in fact, it's not the end of the world. Oh. So, yeah, so just yeah. maybe listen to yourself when you're talking to somebody else because we it's always easier for us to see solutions for others than True. it is for us to find the solutions for ourselves. But when you find yourself giving somebody else a solution or giving somebody else advice and you're using a mantra in that, grab a hold of it and yeah. take that and use that the next time you need it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's really it's one way of being kind to yourself, you know. So it's small little things, but they make a big difference. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we have had, we've covered a lot and there's been, you know, some really amazing tips that you have shared. Um, in your time going through your recovery, yeah. what were some of the things that really helped you to keep yourself together? Um, during that challenging time? Yeah, and the thing is my self-talk was a big one. So I made sure that my self-talk was very, very um, kind to me. And so I used a lot of empowering language, you know, so like things like I'd get up in the morning and I'm like, oh, the house is dead. I should clean up. 
I stopped using the word should. Mm. I, I started using words like I could clean it up, you know, to free myself up a little bit. I could clean up now or maybe I'll do it in two hours. And, you know, so I changed the way I spoke to myself. So the whole should is like a very obligationary kind of word. It is. It and is. It makes you feel pressure. As exactly. soon as you say I should do something, you're exactly. bringing pressure upon yourself. And exactly. It's a word that just should be ripped out of the English language. You Don't know, it's such, a, <laughs> such a negative word. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, being uh, kinder, being conscious mm-hmm. of the things I say to myself. So, you know, and giving myself time to relax and heal. I know we're all busy people. You know, you got this to do that. I just decided to be able to slow down and do the things that really mattered, the things that made the difference, like spend more time with my daughter, having mm-hmm. conversations, spending time with my husband, mm-hmm. going out, doing simple things. If we couldn't go out, you know, sit outside or sit on the mats in the lounge, on the floor, yeah. you, you know, so doing the simple things, the things that I never put much time and focus on, and at the point in my life where I thought, gosh, I could not be here in the next week, I thought even the simple things are the things that I wanted to do. Yeah. Not a seas of a trip, you know, overseas or nothing big. Just be connected with the people I love and care for. Be around my family, my sisters, my mum, you know, talking to them and my friends. That's all I ever wanted, you know, because at the end of the day, it was that connection. I realized that fuels me, that mm-hmm. gives me, gives my life meaning. Yeah. And, and I just focused on that and kept on telling myself that I'm healing. Mm. All of this, my whole body, whatever I'm going through, my body is healing mm. and talking to myself continuously about it. And any moment when I thought, or every time I felt worried, I'd be like, Michelle, we're getting there. Your body's healing. It's healing. It's You're just taking the time out to rest. We'll be back. Yeah. Your body is repairing itself. And it helped me. It really did. Do you find now that you're, you are healed mm. that you are more mindful about keeping your life in balance? Yes, absolutely, because uh, I, I got time to reflect yeah. on all the stuff I was doing. I'd be like, why do I do this? Why do I accept to go to a function that has no meaning for me yeah. just because I feel I should say yes. It just made me have, you know, an overhaul of my life. I looked at my boundaries. I put them all back in place. You know, I had certain rules like I have a first come first serve kind of rule. Like if the first friend that invites me for a weekend uh, function if, will be the one I'll go to. If another friend that I maybe connect with even more comes and says, oh, I'm having a party on this day, I'll say, sorry, I can't. Mm-hmm. My rule is first come, first serve, and I've already accepted another function. So sorry, maybe next time, you know. Yeah. So I cleaned up my whole life, yeah. sorting it out, making sure my boundaries are all in place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there was a function that I had no meaning, no purpose, and I wasn't going to add any value. I say, oh, thank you for thinking about me, but no thanks. Mm. I'd rather do something meaningful. Yeah. 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 So it's just, you know, cleaning up my life. Yeah. (laughs) Felt like, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's really a great note to, I think, end our conversation on is talking about boundaries and how important they are to maintaining your strength and absolutely and staying empowered in your life without them what happens Michelle oh my gosh I mean it's just your life is not yours you're running around 
uh, excuse the like a headless chook, as they, yeah. they would say. Yeah, I've used that expression <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> exactly, you know, trying to please this one, that, that one, yeah. that one, and at the end of the day, you're exhausted, you're yes. irritated, and I'm like, why do I do this? Yeah. You know, so giving, you know, so my diagnosis was as hard as it was, was somehow a blessing mm. for me to sit down and rethink mm. what I was doing and re- go through what had meaning, what is it I want to achieve while I'm still here. So everything became more focused, you know, because then I got to reevaluate my, look at my values and live according to my values, mm. you know. So now when no is a normal response for me, you know, I'm comfortable in saying no. Yeah, <laughs> because fantastic. it's just as normal yeah. as saying yes. <laughs> yeah, look, I know because my my default has been yes for a lot of my life and I think that a lot of um people who find themselves in abusive situations, their default is yes. And it's understanding that it's really important to learn how to say no. And I did learn how to say no as a mother. You know, when you have four children, um, you need to learn how to say no because you can't possibly say yes to everything that your children are asking of you. So, um, but it's very good that you've highlighted that, Michelle. And I'm actually, I'm going to a luncheon this week. It's like a very timely conversation that we're having uh, because of your journey through breast cancer and, um, I, the luncheon is uh, is basically for a fundraiser for cancer research okay. in yeah. Geelong, and um, and it's something that I am really happy to support. And I've donated some of my coaching sessions to the fundraiser to help them with raising funds um, for cancer research because it's just it touches so many people's lives you know I've got so many friends and just knowing you know how important it is to do more research to find all the appropriate treatments you know to help people heal from cancer is just so so important so I'm so glad that you have come out the other side of that and that you're healthy again. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's really wonderful to, for you to be sharing with others all that you have learned from your experiences really and how that has helped you to bring into laser sharp focus what's important in life and to live your life in alignment with Mm. that which is often so many like it's elusive for so many people because we can often feel like victims of circumstance and then you know we don't manage to bring our lives into alignment we just go with the proverbial flow Mm -hmm. and even when it's taking us in a direction that's making us miserable that's making us sick and um, it's really important to understand how how much to value our health and our peace of mind because that's you know what gives us the ability to live our lives to the fullest oh absolutely absolutely we all have something to contribute and you know if we take the time to actually just sit and think about what it is we all have some special gifts in you know instead of us just going with the flow because you have to do this you have to if you take some time out to really think about what it is you can bring to the table gosh you'd be in alignment Mm. your whole life would just feel aligned Mm. yeah well you're wonderful michelle and i'm so grateful to you for coming on to the podcast as a guest 
Oh, now, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. I'm really happy to have had you here. And for the final question, because this podcast is called Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, what does that title mean to you as a woman? Oh, it means to me, I think it, uh, it means, you know, because we are multifaceted, you know, women, we're, we're emotional. So when you feel like crying, please take time to just do that, you know. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I have moments where I just feel like dressing up and being my finest. Oh, I do that. I wear on my nice heels, maybe go on a date night with my husband, you know, and I celebrate the little things in life. I don't wait for a 20,000 deal to celebrate. Just making a new connection is enough for me to celebrate. Just being able to, you know, to get up and be physically fit and healthy is enough for me to celebrate. And I'll be like, wow, what a glorious day. It's a beautiful day. So I take time to be grateful for the little things that I have, the things I took for granted before, but they're all into sharp focus. So, yeah, for me, that title means just celebrate who you are every day because who you are is special. It might not mean something to the next person, but it means something to somebody or to yourself. Just be happy with you, you know. How beautiful, how incredibly beautiful. Thank you so much, Michelle, and I Thanks, wish you all Cindy. the very, very best. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on, the, on your podcast. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow hosted by me sandy j this program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough teaches empowerment strategies acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side who share their stories and insights as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen 
and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.